Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers, everyone. We're back after a one-week hiatus. Tom, with a little uh, COVID scare in your life, you know. A little bit. These kind of things happen. So, as out of an abundance of caution, we yes. took the week off last week, which is okay this time of year. Um, Everything was fine, which yeah. is the good news. Yep, everybody's safe and healthy. That's all that matters. So, let's talk about what we've got coming up tonight, Tom. Yeah, we got some fun stuff we're going to talk about. Uh, one of the most fun golf tournaments of the year, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, we're going to talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend, and we're going to talk about a hammered sports um, topic of which all-star package is the best. Talk about the four major sports, yeah. rank them out, weigh the pros and cons. I have a feeling we'll be similar. I think so. We haven't talked about it yet, but I'm pretty sure we are on the same page with some of that. Yeah, in general, I think we, we pretty much see them the same way. Um, UFC 259 in just a ridiculous card for... Can't wait. Um, if you haven't had this one marked on your calendar, you're missing out. This whole month of UFC is so fun to me. I know. March 20th wouldn't hold that much interest for me, except Except. our boy Gregor Gillespie returns. Shout out to Gregor. Yeah, let's go, baby. Um, NFL free agency, we're going to go defense. We're going to talk about defense free agents. Um, This is, we're two weeks away. People, two weeks from tonight. Tampering, the tampering period starts on Monday, right? Yeah, two weeks from tonight, people will be able to sign. Yeah. And make it official. So we're we're getting to that time. Um, obviously, we got some to talk about already with JJ Watt, and, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, so a lot a lot of fun this week too. I think it's we're getting into a real hot spot of sports. Um, spring tra- training's going, which Kevin and I are always excited about. So oh yeah, there's nothing like the crack of the bat. Yes, those beautiful blue Arizona skies. Well, for me, Arizona, Florida for me. Yeah. <laughs> But they're still blue. They are. So uh, we're not. We don't really have a recap to do this week, but we'll jump right in and start, ta- start talking some Arnold Palmer Invitational and some of the players that we like this week and some of the players that are in the field. And Kevin, um, you can start us off. Found an interesting trend. Yeah. That we're gonna try to expose here. While going back through the last three or four years of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, I found that. European players have an inordinate amount of success. It's very disproportionate compared to normal weeks on the PGA Tour. When you look and you see week after week, there were guys from uh, continental Europe basically succeeding, finishing in the top five, top ten. I don't know if that happens because ball flight matters so much yeah. at the at Bay Hill. I'm not sure what the exact reason is for it but i'm not gonna buck a trend that i see that's so clear over the last four arnold palmer invitationals yeah where there's been so much success from european players so it's definitely a large enough sample size to say that there's something to it right Uh, whether it's they just maybe some of them get up for this tournament because they like it or just whatever the case may be it's a it's a thing it is a thing so you know my selections are going to be heavy on the uh on the european side here and I'll jump right in with my favorite selection of the week. And it's based on current form and playing out of Europe. Great at ball flight. 
Paul Casey plus 2,300. Yeah. I, I like the play just because his form is as strong as any. Um, he's, he's probably my favorite play coming into this week. Yeah, and you convinced me to hop on the Tommy Fleetwood train basically with all this, hearing that multiple times he's been in the top 10 um, the last few years at this place. So, and the value I'm able to get him at. I'm actually going Tommy Fleetwood plus 3,000 to win and plus 300 to be in the top 10. Yeah. So, um, and actually, I'm trying a different strategy this week with my golf. I've, I've missed. I've hit the right player, but the wrong bet a couple times in the last few weeks. So this week, I'm betting each player that I'm throwing out there to win and to be in the top 10. So I got yeah. a little bit on both. Um, the other one I'll give um, right away is Max Homa. Yeah. I think his value is insane here. Plus 4,500 to win. Plus 425 top 10. He's a solid player if he's, if he's hitting the ball well. Yeah, he's, he's playing so well right yes. now that it's hard to pass up the value that you get out of Max Homa here. So I also like Matthew Fitzpatrick, yeah. who's had a ton of success here at Bay Hill. It seems to be like one of his favorite tracks all year long. You can get Matthew Fitzpatrick to finish in the top five at plus 400, which I will. And uh, I will also play him to win at plus 2,000. So a couple of plays there on Fitzpatrick. And then I went down, I was bargain shopping for some some plays that you could find down yeah. near the bottom that are that kind of fit the mold of what we're looking for. Lee Westwood had a little bit of a resurgence last year. He was playing some good golf uh, in Europe and here. Um, he stopped playing here basically during the pandemic because the quarantine process was was not worth it to him. Yeah, it's a nightmare. So Lee Westwood plus eleven thousand. You're getting hundred and ten to <laughs> one on Lee Westwood to win this tournament. Come on, one time. <laughs> one time. Let's hit a big one here off the board. Um, plus, and the the other one I'm going to play, just a solid player for years and success on this track. Justin Rose plus 5500. I like it. My other bets are a little little more um, favorable. I got Jordan Spieth. Uh, I feel like again he's been playing great recently. And Hideki Matsuyama, he's just so good. And I yeah. love watching him play. So, 2600 to win on Spieth, 2300 to win on Hideki. Give me a little little flavor with these four guys. Throw a little money around. It's going to be a fun weekend of golf. DeChambeau has had success at this event in the yeah. past. Um, he's plus 1,100. His game is different than it was in 2017 or 2018 when he finished second uh, to McElroy. He, he hits it so much further now. Uh, I don't know how that will translate at this particular event, mm -hmm. but it, it seems like he's bet down pretty heavily um, yeah. based on his current form. I saw the same thing. I, uh, it's too much. Same with Rory. I really yeah. would like to put some – and I may still – Rory's great here, you know. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I may that. still put something on him, but it's the Rory. there's not a ton of value. Yeah, but plus seven fifty, and, and Rory McIlroy has been spectacular here, and he's in pretty good form. So, yes. um, yeah, obviously there's a reason that he's the favorite in this event. So, all right, Tom, let's, let's talk some NBA All Star Weekend. There, uh, it's going to be a little different this year. It's going to look a little different. Um, they're going to do the Skills Challenge and the Three Point Contest right before the game on Sunday. Again, trying to limit how many times people are coming and going places, which makes so much sense to me. Yeah. So they're going to do the... But they're still going to do it, which is, I think is the, the fun part, right? We're still going to get to see the skills competition, which I always find is underrated. Um, we're going to have a three-point contest, which is always a lot of fun. And, and then Steph Curry is going to participate, which is... Which is insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll get to the, the, the list of three-point contests, people. It's just crazy. And then the dunk contest is going to take place at halftime. There's only three people in the dunk contest. They make it a little shorter, but 
It also should be a lot of fun. Let's start with the skills challenge. We got Robert Covington of the Trailblazers, Luka Doncic of, of the Mavs, Chris Paul of the Suns, Julius Randle of the Knicks, DeMontis Sabonis of the Pacers, and Nikola Vucicic from the Magic. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we've got a dog in the fight in every every event other than the three-point contest yeah. this year as, yes, Knicks as a fans. Knicks fan. It's a lot of fun. So I'm all about Julius Randle, baby. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Let's go, Julius. Let's get some get some credit where you deserve it there, sir. Yeah. Um, the skills I think the skills one's a lot of fun. I think some people kinda you know, it doesn't have the prestige of the three point contest or the dunk contest from from not being around as long, but it's so much fun to watch. Right. Uh, the three point contest, like Kevin alluded to, is crazy. Devin Booker of the Suns, Jalen Brown of the Celtics, of course, Steph Curry of the Warriors, Zach Levine of the Bulls, Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz, and Jason Tatum of the Celtics. Yeah, there's a lot of great shooters there. Loaded. Yeah. I wish that quickly was in. <laughs> Give me time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the dunk contest, Anthony Simmons of the uh, Trailblazers, Cassius Stanley of the Pacers, and then our boy, Obi Toppin of the New York Knicks. Uh all I can say is it's a good thing Anthony Edwards isn't competing because this dude is laying down dunks <laughs> yeah. every night right now. Yeah, he's he's lighting people up. He it, That dunk the other night, what was it, three, four nights ago, where he first looked like he was going to shoot the three and then went baseline and just absolutely elevated and put his nuts on that guy's forehead <laughs> while he slammed it home. The, this dude can fly. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, I th- and that's kind of leads us to our next topic here ranking the all-star of i put package because none of them are just a solo event anymore right. they have stuff on top of it so your number do we want to start four four up yeah we can start at number four I'll, right. I'll jump in at number four at the nfl uh pro bowl is uh it's not real it's football trash. it's not fun it's i wish trash. i wish they would do more with the skills challenge type stuff that they could do yeah. I think you could make it a lot more fun if they marketed that like an NBA Saturday night is typically. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that they're missing the boat on some of that stuff, and a lot of it is people don't really want to participate. And I think they would participate more in the skills challenge stuff, Yeah. Um, just not in the game. It, the game is just – it's such a physical game mm-hmm. that it's hard to motivate people to get out there and, and participate. NFL is number four for me for as well. It, it's it's clear that all star the all star concept for football is just difficult. Yeah, you're not gonna have guys hitting each other. You're not game planning. What are you what yeah. are we really doing? I would almost rather them just play flag football. Yeah, play flag football. Make it a little more fun. Make it silly. If if nothing else, make it just completely different. Try trying to stop, stop trying to simulate a football game with these guys. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, and then the lack of any real like skills challenge. Yeah. Uh, my number three is the NHL. Yeah. And my biggest problem with the NHL is they change the format every 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, if you watch if you watch the NHL All-Star game every single year, which first of all, bless your heart. Second of all, it's different every year. It's world versus whatever and, uh, versus yeah. the US and it's east versus west and it's just random dr- fantasy pick. Like it's different every time out. Yeah. So, I'm right with you. I have <laughs> NHL at number 3. We're going to fall right exactly in line here, I believe, because if for me if the game meant something or was more exciting itself yeah i like the package of the you know skills competitions i really do i think it's really fun but the game itself is another game that looks like it's not it's not the same it doesn't look like hockey yeah 
So that to me is what takes away detracts from it where my number two in baseball gives you the best game experience of any of the all-star packages. So I have baseball at number two because I don't, I mean, I like the home run derby. It's fun. And I like the game itself, but for me, it's, I don't know how to, how to describe it, but it's just not, it doesn't carry what it once carried to me, the game itself. And I like NBA Saturday night so much that it carries it to number one for me. See, I have them flipped. I have NBA number two. Yeah. I think the all-star game itself, it's just one of these things where nobody plays defense until the last couple of minutes and people are just throwing up crazy stuff. And it's, it's not bad to watch, mm-hmm. but it's not basketball. And then the skills competitions are fun. Give me a home run derby. Give me yeah. these guys mashing 450-foot bombs yeah. all over the park. And then a baseball game that not only do these guys take very seriously, they're pitching a real ball, they're throwing heaters, they're not – no one's, you know, letting up as far as any of that goes. But it matters. The outcome determines who gets home field advantage in the World Series. Yeah. It matters. So all put all that into it, and I think it just – it makes for the best – plus – it's the fall, it's you know it's the summer classic right it's by far the best game 100% but for me the, the total package of the NBA All-Star week it's always been my favorite it's been that way since I was a kid it's it's lost a little bit with the dunk contest in the last oh. 5 6 7 yeah, years yeah the dunk contest has gone from being must see TV to just check the highlights on YouTube yeah it's it's been bad uh, one thing i would say about major league baseball all-star weekend that doesn't get enough love you gotta check out the celebrity um, softball I, part. I, I it's do watch so it. funny. I do watch it. There's a lot of entertainment involved yeah. there. Yeah, but you can say the same thing. NBA celebrity game is usually a blast. Exactly. Yeah. I think the total package, the NBA, just edges out the the baseball package for me. All right. Fun. So, though. Fun though. I like it. Yeah. I, I think it's clear though that there's two that are are very enjoyable and two that are not even worth paying attention again the, the nhl one i i like the skills competition yeah, the hardest the shots NHL cool one. the speed the race around yeah. um do they still do the i can't even remember they used those. to do the accuracy and that was so fun when the, the the shot accuracy at ray yeah. bork used to just snipe the the five targets out in five shots remember when they had to have the goalies shoot from all the way across the ice yeah try to get it over that little yeah. put that whatever it was in the middle of the ice they had to get it over this one foot yeah. And then try to coast her in. That was yeah. fun, too. Like They've had some good stuff. I just wish they wouldn't change the format all the time. Yeah. I wish they would just go with Play uh, hockey. Yeah, just doing an East versus West kind of thing. Like It would be even better if it looked more like international play. If you watch international play, there's not as much clutching and grabbing. Yeah. There's not as much hitting. But you still play hockey. And right. I, I think if they were to These guys don't play any defense in that game. It's just like the NBA game. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah. All right. On we go. Now that we're done trashing the uh, NHL and NFL's all-star appearances, <laughs> right. let's go talk about probably what's going to be the best UFC card of 2021. If they top it, we are all very lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, from top to bottom, this card is crazy. Uh, a lot of times you'll catch the last couple prelim fights and be happy and not worry about it, but you can't even do that. The early prelims this time have some – I mean, Tim Elliott is the number two flyweight in the world. And he's an underdog on the early prelims. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, this fight, these fights are crazy. Yeah. I'll, uh, you know, we picked some some fights that we like. Um, the first fight that I chose that I wanted to look at was the Tim Elliott fight. 
uh, as he takes on uh, Jordan Espinosa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Espinosa is a wrestler. Uh, Tim Elliott, it, just the people that he's faced, the level of competition that he has fought against is absurd. Uh, when you go through and, and you take a look, he fought uh, Brandon Royval, Asker Askarov, Davison Figueiredo. Uh, he beat Mark Delarosa. He beat Louis Smolka. He lost to Mighty Mouse. I mean, he's fought Matt Schnell. I mean, he's fought guys. And, and then you go back further. Joseph Benavidez, Ali Bogatinov. He has fought John Dodson. It, it's insane, the list of competition that he has fought against. Yeah. So for me, just I, I have to, to lean here heavily with the, the slight underdog in this case uh, in Tim Elliott. I, I just don't see Espinosa, whose fight – Whose fight, recent fights include a loss to David Dvorak. Uh, he beat De La Rosa. Lost to Alex Perez. Lost to Matt Schnell. I just I don't see enough here out of him to to hang with someone as seasoned as Tim Elliott. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the uh, fight stats between these two guys, and this is something that the UFC has gotten so much better at, and they're so so far ahead of some of the other sports. Just go and click on the matchup there, and they give you the win-by percentage, how often they win by knockout, subs, how, what's their average fight time, what's the average knockdowns in 15 minutes, how many significant strikes do they throw, um, all sorts of grappling, takedown average, all that stuff. Um, and just looking at some of it, uh, Elliot, 3.4 strikes per minute versus 2.8. Doesn't sound like a lot, but you add that up over a 15-minute fight, that's a lot. Um how about uh, strikes absorbed? Tim Elliott, only 2.5. Espinosa, 5.6. Yeah. You can't take that many. And then, okay, well, maybe he'll, he'll win the grappling. Takedown average per 15 minutes, Tim Elliott, 4.3. Espinosa, 0.79 with only a 25% takedown accuracy. Yeah. And no submission victory. So I don't, I don't see where he has an edge. Exactly. Uh, a lot of times these stats are so similar that's not even worth bringing up, but I just those are pretty slanted to the underdog which is yeah. great for all of us absolutely your fi your fight on the prelims that you liked and this was hard i know kevin had a similar time but i'm gonna go with joseph benavidez and Askar Askarov. um we ha you have the number two and the number three flyweight in the world um, if you guys like flyweights there's a ton of great fights on this card that are flyweight bouts um so these guys are going to be going at it uh i'm a, a big Benavidez fan I, f I feel like he just when you watch him fight there's nothing there's no real holes in his game um, his record is good he's fought everybody he's been a champion before Askarov's a bit of a you know an up uh, an up up and comer for sure but he's 9-0-1 uh, he's beaten Tim Elliott uh, most recently Alexander Pantoja um, but these are decision wins he had a draw against Brandon Moreno uh those are his only three fights in the UFC. So one draw, two decision victories. Um, Man, that's those are good wins, though, early in his career. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, that's why he's earned this shot against Benavidez already. Yeah. But Benavidez has fought everybody. Yeah. Um, his most two recent fights were both losses to Figueredo. The one, just that nasty cut, yeah. was real bad. And then the other one, he got beat up and choked out real fast in the first round. But before that, he's beaten for me. Formiga, Dustin Ortiz, Alex Perez, Henry Cejuda, 
Um, nobody beats Henry Cejuda. It yeah. just doesn't happen. Um, fought Pettis, beat Tim Elliott as well. Um, so it's just a lot of big wins. Um, he is. If you take away the two fights against Figueredo, so before that, he's nine and one yeah. coming into those two fights, and then just ran into the, the champion of the world, you know. Yeah, back to back fights. So when you're looking at gambling purposes, Benavides is an underdog in this card. Yeah, um, and again, he's got all that experience to draw from. He's able to. I think this is one where Benavides is probably looking to take this to the ground. Um, and kind of wear him down. Yeah, and you know the fight odds on it. It's uh, wow. What is he like? Uh, plus one hundred five. So you know it's really it's close, not. Yeah, yeah. It's really not a huge edge there, but uh, there should be a, a good fight. I I got frustrated a couple weeks ago and said that I wasn't going to bet the old guys against the young guys anymore. For sure. And uh, you know, so I, I'm going to have a hard time making a choice in some of these fights because there's a lot of that going on here. Yes, yes, there is, especially on some of these earlier fights. And, and that's kind of what you get in, mm-hmm. in these, especially on the big pay-per-views when you have a name. Like Joseph Benavidez is a name. He's headlined yeah. cards for them many a times. Um, so to have a name like that fighting a young guy, it, it, it draws eyes. Yeah. I mean, Drew Dober and Islam Makachev are fighting. And uh, Makachev is getting so much heat. He's Everyone's so excited for him. Yeah. Drew Dober's just a bulldog out there, man. He hangs in. Yeah. There's so um, Dominic Cruz and Casey Kenny. What's the? I can't say this guy's last name, but Kennedy. Uh, let's see, fighting Zajuku, Carlos Olberger is who he's fighting. Oh yeah, I've seen this Kennedy guy fight a couple Zajuku, times. Zajuku, he's yeah. he's nasty, just just nasty man. Yeah, just and he's a big underdog. Yeah, not not taking uh you know no for an answer. This guy just constantly coming forward. Uh, big fan of watching him fight so i'm excited to see that i mean that's like the second fight of the night here yeah um main main card should we do some main card talking yeah you go first all right so i'm going with um one of the championship fights there's three championship fights on this card uh, we're gonna break down two of them for you right now the first one peter yan putting his bantamweight title on the line against aljamain sterling um this fight is a pick fight which is just awesome to have a championship fight where Vegas says, eh, your guess is as good as mine. So um, I love Aljamain Sterling. I will firmly be in his corner rooting for him. Peter Young's good. Obviously, yeah. he's the champ for a reason. But what, Sterling fights with such uh, – he he fights with such swagger, so much um, creativity. It's so much fun to watch him. He does every, everything well. Um, he's finally getting his shot. Peter Young's just looked un – you know – He's looked indestructible recently, and those last few fights have been crazy. Yeah. Um, but Sterling is great. Can't wait to see that one. Yeah. Th- there's another fight on the prelims, this uh, Rogerio bon- Bontonin against uh, Kai Cara France. Yeah, Cara France is awesome. Yeah. Well, Rogerio is uh, something – he has like 11 submissions in his 16 wins. Mm-hmm. He's got three fin- – he's finished 14 of his 16 wins, 16 and 2. Um, and Kaikara France has gone down uh, via submission three times in his career, Ooh. which you know gives me an idea that we could have a chance at a big dog here. And that I was just you know kind of scrolling through this and, and saw the odds on the fight. Um, you know he's plus one ten. It's it's not a huge dog, but um, there's a there's a 
significant advantage there. Yeah, and it may be one where you can bet him to win by submission and make right. it get that plus one ten even up higher. Yeah, so I, I like Rogerio Bontorin as another I like fight it. on the card. Um, one more thing to add with Jan: his last four fights, Jose Aldo, Uriah Faber, Jimmy Rivera, John Dodson, all yeah. all wins. Just making a some waste of them look, great names, making some of them look really easy too. Yeah, the it, Aldo fight was just. I mean, it went into the fifth round, but it was over early. Peter Jan, he just comes forward. He's he's quick. He's so fast. Uh, he's looked so good. Yeah, his significant strikes landed five point six strikes per minute. Yeah, he's landing on average. That's crazy. Uh, my main card fight is Tiago Santos against Alexander Rakic. Uh, I said that I wouldn't pick old guys against young guys, and I'm going <laughs> to do just that here because when you look at Tiago Santos and what he has done in his career, so he he's lost his last two fights. To John Jones and Glover Teixeira. That's not so bad. No. Prior <laughs> to that, you know who he beat, who he knocked out? The current champion, Jan Blahovitz. Prior to that, knocked out Jimmy Manoa. Finished Eric Anders. Won a decision against Kevin Holland. Knocked out Anthony Smith. Knocked out Jack Hermanson. Knocked out Gerald Mearshart. Knocked out Jack Marshman. He is, he's a destroyer in there, man. Yeah. He's a destroyer. And I'm sorry, Alexander Rakic, I, I know you're a good prospect. I know that you're 13-2, and two, but you're not Glover Teixeira and you're not John Jones. Those two guys are incredible fighters. And, you know, he lost a split decision there to, to Johnny Bones in a fight that a lot of people thought he had a chance to win. He fought Jones as tight as anyone has fought Jones ever. Yeah. Rakic is going to have to catch him. To win this fight, Santos is just scary, man. Yeah, I I love Thiago Santos in this fight, and uh, he's plus one thirty five. Yeah, I mean this is a he's beaten the champ. You know, he's beaten Jan. Mm-hmm. The, the la- Jan's last loss um, yeah. got knocked out. Yeah. So I mean, this is a chance for him to beat, win, look good. Maybe you're fighting Israel or Jan for for a title here coming up. No, no, Jan Blahovitz. He'd be fi- he'd be fighting. Uh, yeah, Jan Blahovitz um, wouldn't. He has no chance against Israel Adesanya. So we gotta get there. I'm there. Well, it's my my turn next. Oh, okay. Um, no, we're good. Yeah, look, you want to talk about Jan and Israel now? Let's break down the championship fight. Yeah. You don't think Israel, you don't think Jan has a chance? No. Not a chance. No. Really? Uh. Uh-uh. No. Israel Adesanya is so good at what he does. Yeah, I mean... He is so incredibly good at what he does. That's why he's favored, but just not a chance. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I mean, when I look at these two Man, fighters like against each other, uh, what is it What is it about Blahovitz that, that makes you think that he has a chance in this fight? He knocks out much bigger humans than Israel. Over and over and over and but over who and over. Who has ever put Israel Adesanya in any kind of danger like that? Yeah, all it takes is one time. You, you get clipped once, it's over. Adesanya's never even looked in danger. Exactly. So we don't know what he can... If he gets dragged into deep waters, what what, what even happens? We don't even know. And maybe maybe Jan's not the guy to do that, but at some point we're going to find out. Nobody goes undefeated forever. That's the, that's the one... That's the Anderson Silva rule. You don't go undefeated forever. Yeah. I mean, this guy's... Dominic Reyes, knockout. Corey Anderson, knockout. Souza, win. Rockhold, knockout. 
Nikita Krylov choked him out. I yeah, I just I don't see those guys. I mean, did you see that performance he put on against Paulo Costa in the last fight? Oh yeah, absolutely, it was great. I mean, he he fought Yoel Romero, who knocks people out left and right. Yoel Romero had nothing for him. He knocks out Robert Whitaker, who also knocks people out. He finishes. He's, count- he's going up a bit of weight here, though. It's a big, big twenty-pound difference. Yeah. Dude, Yoel Romero hits just as hard as Jan Blahovitz. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, but Yoel Romero Paulo, also was gassed in the first round of that Paulo fight. Paulo Costa, I think, also hits as hard as also. Nah, he didn't even get a chance to get gassed. Yeah. Um, what do you think about since we're talking about this kind of weight stuff? Um, our friend DC said John Jones has has no chance of knocking any heavyweight out. First of all, John Jones doesn't have to knock people out right. to be dominant, but he's such a funky striker, and when you put on 40 pounds of muscle, I don't know how that is. He thinks he doesn't have the power to do it. Well, uh, he does raise a good point. It's not like he was a knockout guy at 205, and his, his point is if he wasn't knocking people out at 205, he's not knocking heavyweights out. But I'm pretty he sure he run DC. DC's bell a few times. Yeah, he finished DC. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for some of these. But Israel said, you know, obviously I'm fighting this week, so you know maybe I could fight John Jones in December. I don't know what weight they're going to fight at. John Jones is getting ready for heavyweight. There's no way Israel could. And Adesanya says he's not even going to bulk up. He's gonna. Yeah. He'll probably weigh in at like 195. Yeah. And be right there at his walk around weight. Yeah. Which is. I think his speed and skill set is going to be just way too much for. Yeah. for At some point, somebody's got to bum rush him and try to put him on his back and go from there. I mean, I don't think you can stand. You have to make it. A, you have to either be on your feet and dirty it up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe like Randy Couture style, grab, just hold on to him with one hand and just dirty boxing the rest. Mm-hmm. Or you got to get him on the ground and see what he can do. Yeah, uh, these people who try to stand and. At distance, you're just you're just it's inevitable that you're you're gonna get picked apart. None of the none of the single punches are gonna be it, but the accumulation of them is you're you're done. I did see Paulo Costa said that he was hung over for their fight on oh, Fight Island. Real mature. He said that uh, he couldn't sleep the night before because of leg cramps. So probably dehydrated as so, all get out to so make he, weight. Yeah, and he drank uh, one or two glasses of wine and it wasn't working. So he ended up drinking the whole bottle of wine and passing out at like 2 a.m. And he had to be back at the gym at, at 5 o'clock because they were fighting on Eastern time in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And he said he was in a complete fog. He didn't feel right at all. He, he said he may have still even been drunk for the fight. A lot of excuses out of that camp, huh? It sounds like a lot of excuses. He says it's going to be totally different next time he hits the ring. But that's sure. that's an interesting thing for somebody to actually share that and and. Or, or use that and, and say it publicly. Does he think that makes him look better? To me, it, it's it's foolish that, that you yeah. would just even do all that. Like, Yeah, I mean, are you better off going on no sleep or hungover? Yeah. Give me no sleep every yeah, time. Give me lack of sleep. I think the adrenaline can get you through no sleep. Yeah. I, I found that really interesting, especially when you're dehydrated. You're now going to throw a bottle of wine in <laughs> yeah. on top of it. I'm no fitness expert. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you that's a bad idea. Yeah. Let's talk some NFL. All right. Free agency. We're going to talk defensive free agents tonight. Next week, we'll hit the offensive ones. Uh, we're going to start with some defensive line guys. 
talk a little bit about, you know, what they bring, talk a little bit about maybe fits for some of these people if we see any that jumped out at us. Um, but, of course, we have to start with the saga that was J.J. Watt yeah. signing with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to go and chase his ring there. That seems to be what he's he's after now is a ring. He's He's got all the accolades you could possibly want um trying to get that get that ring yeah and you know i think there's some familiarity there with hopkins out there and um he can go to the opposite side of uh chandler jones it's not a bad fit for jj watt there right you know i just think the coach is bad so you know that yeah yeah i don't like cliff kingsbury at all a big fan not at all. So that was big news. Obviously, there was he, he would have been an interesting fit with a team that was, you know, one of the teams that were really good, like Cleveland or Buffalo last year. Yeah, um, I think he would have been really interesting opposite Miles Garrett in Cleveland. Um, that would have been really fun. Yeah, to watch. honestly, him opposite of Jerry Hughes was exciting. Yeah, I, I also. What do you think about the the dollar amount attached to this? Well. $15 million a year is a lot of money for a 32-year-old that's got a lot of mileage on him. Yeah, It's not just a, a standard 32 years old. This is a 32-year-old that's been through a lot of serious injuries in his career. Yeah, I don't know how much he still has left in the tank. I know he's still a good football player, but I don't think he's a $15 million football player. Let's talk Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. Clowney, uh, free agent again this year. Um, you know, last year was really weird for him trying to get a contract and just not really having a big market that maybe he thought he was going to have. Um, he wanted to have, you know, top the end money, the yes. NFL, and no one was interested in that. Yeah, he's, he's a bit of an enigma for, I think, NFL GMs. Um, he ended up getting a one-year $13 million deal with Tennessee. Yeah. Um, he got 19 tackles. Four tackles for loss, 11 quarterback pressures, zero sacks, and he only played eight games. Yeah. Uh, definitely a bust for the Titans as far as they're getting their dollar back or their dollar value back here. Um, in 2019, he had three sacks for the Seahawks. So in the last two years combined, only three sacks. Just really, you know, not much to get too excited about. I don't know what the, you know, it, it, I wonder if his concept of his value is going to be adjusted with the last couple of years it'll be interesting to see if, if really he, he realizes where he is um i don't see anyone standing in line to pay him 10 million a year no you wouldn't think so the anyways, thing is he's, he's he's 28 there's a lot there should be a lot left there but last year was not good for him he did not perform well in his opportunity there in tennessee so he didn't help his value, that's for sure. I think I can list probably five guys looking at this right now that I would take before I would take Clowney. I think Clowney is perfect for the Browns. Yeah. I, they already got the guy. He doesn't have yeah. to be the guy. Right. But he can come. He's not going to get double teamed because Garrett's going to get double teamed. I mean, right. Did you see that guy, his what 60-inch vertical yeah. or whatever on that? Good Lord, that man's a ridiculous athlete. Yeah. But anyways. Um, I think that that's the kind of fit for him to where he's going to excel. 
he's he's a solid run stuffer at his yeah. position. Like so that that's helpful, and I think he he can get after the quarterback. He's just been so banged up. It's so weird. Yeah, and defensive line's a tough position. Let's be honest, it's physical. It is. It's all get out. And you know, looking at the end position, you get Leonard Williams, um, high draft pick. Uh, this is a guy that I would take a shot on before I would take Jadavian yes, Clowney. because he doesn't come with a lot of the extra stuff right. either. Um, Yannick Ngakwe is 26. Also. 26 years old. Um, you've got Henry Anderson uh, from the Jets. He's a, he's a good, solid football player, 30 years old. Um, dirty football player. Solomon Thomas, 26 years old, highly regarded coming out of college. Never really lived up to it in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, but a guy that you might want to take on as a reclamation project and, and you know bring him in and give him an opportunity. Um, how about uh, Romeo Aquara, similar? Yeah, Tack McKinley, 26 years yeah. old. Um, if you're if you're looking, yeah, Tano Capasignan, the 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 end from Kansas City, 27 years old. There are guys out there that still have some upside in them that that you may want to take a look at before you take a swing at or spend the money on someone like yeah. Clowney that, that he's going to look for. Um, Trey Hendrickson from New Orleans. Uh, Carl yeah, Lawson. Hendrickson yeah. is an interesting one because he his first few seasons, not much, and then last yeah. year he was amazing. Yeah. So if you're a GM, how do you balance that? Right. Um, you know, you can't pay him just off last year. You have to kind of take it into consideration. Right. Did he figure it out? Like, what happened? Yeah, did, did the light come on for some reason? Or, or did things just work out? Yeah. And you have a lot of good veterans, too. I mean, Justin Houston, Ryan Kerrigan, yeah. um, Everson Griffin. Taco Charlton's had some flashes. Vic Beasley is still out there at 29. Um, Ziggy Ansa's. We're talking about Vinnie Curry's. We're talking about uh, some veteran options if you miss out on some of the other ones and then let's let's uh transition to some d tackle noise here yeah um some a, a lot of big names here where guys you know um steve mcclendon it's just like an all-time great d tackle he's available yeah you and damn and sue yeah and you may have heard of him yeah um, jonathan hankins is really good right jerrell casey just got released he's a he's really good against the run for uh for denver for many years right uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, John Jenkins. These are some guys that can yeah. eat up blockers. Uh, Domita Pecco is still in the league. Yeah. Um, Kawan Short just got cut. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot. Larry Ogunjobi uh, filled in admirably in the interior of the D line there for, for the Browns. I don't see anyone D tackle wise that's a free agent that's like. Someone's going to go over the moon and break the bank on it. There's a lot of serviceable players, a lot of veterans who, you know, have something left. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Puna Ford's on here. Let's I'll tell you, Devon Godshaw for Miami is a really good football player, and he's young. Um, he's a guy that will probably be in, in demand. He may not. He may not be back with uh, Miami because yeah. I think they're they're happy with uh, Raquan Davis uh, taking over on the interior there. But so I think. Reviewing the defensive line positions, there, there's definitely some impact players at DN, um, then a lot of veterans, and then at D tackle, there's a lot of veterans and some young guys who, uh, maybe not gonna break the bank or household names, but there's definitely some, some help there. Yeah, uh, just not as it's not, not star studded. Yeah, it's, it's not, not as sexy to begin with. 
Yeah, it, it is not a star-studded group at all, but it is a group that you're going to find guys that are going to plug in and be starters in the league. So um, definitely names to keep an eye on there. We, we just went through several of them there that I think there's an opportunity you might see. Now, a group that is sexy. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some outside linebackers. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, uh, Von Miller is, mm-hmm. is available, Matt Judon, Melvin Ingram, Bud Dupree, Shaq Barrett, Olivier Vernon, like Levante David, KJ yeah. Wright. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the list is insane for yeah. guys on the, at this position here. It um, is. Leonard Floyd had a tremendous bounce back year out there yeah. in, in L.A. There are so many really good names in this list. Hassan Reddick, um, the light came on a little bit for him this year. Uh, you know, there there are names here. Matt Milano's available. Um, some of the younger guys, Milano. Alex Anzalone, um, young guy, played at New Orleans. Um, he's available even. Tanner Vallejo, the, the, some of these younger players coming out. Yeah, there there's a really, really good group here. Yeah, there's a lot of people that I would into. Yeah. Um, Terrell Basham. You know, you can just continue to, to go Michael down Michael Kendricks is, mm-hmm. is available, too. I mean, this if you it's a good year to need an outside linebacker help. Yeah, and uh, Kyle Van Noy can kind of be added to that list now. Yeah, it sounds like uh, he's being shopped, and then uh, we didn't even get down here. Sean Lee, Marcus mm-hmm. Golden. Man. Yeah. That list is pretty stacked. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the, the linebacker position as a whole has, has quite a few guys that, you know, people are going to be interested in. The, the Kyle Van Noy, they listed as an inside linebacker. Yeah. Uh, but he's kind of hybrid. Yeah. You know, he, he can do everything. Um, Avery Williamson, Christian Kirksey, Denzel Perryman. Raquan McMillan. Yeah, Gerard Davis, um, who didn't live up to his potential there uh, in Detroit. He was a high draft pick yeah. out of Florida. But Reuben Foster is another guy that's pretty young. There's, I mean, the linebacker position is stacked this offseason. W- Will Compton, who's been a solid player for Tennessee for years. Yeah. Plays a little special teams. Yeah. Reggie Ragland's still hanging around. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. I wonder if he'll. I think uh, he got a ring two years ago, didn't he? Maybe. Um, Jayon Brown um, is an inside linebacker for Tennessee that I guess is getting some. Uh, attention here for uh, free agency so um Dion buchanan patrick anawasar is also getting some love from the jets right boy there's there's a lot there a lot of linebacker denzel perryman i don't even think we got to him yet yeah wow so linebacker deep melvin ingram you know on the free agent market these some of these guys yeah let's go over some of the top of this list again like matt judon has been awesome for that amazing Baltimore defense. Yeah. He's going to get a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Melvin Ingram, when he's healthy, is really good. Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree's been awesome. Shaq Barrett is, you know, he's been absolutely just a, a wrecking machine in the backfield. Yeah, Barrett and David were, you know, one of the main reasons Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they're both kind of up here. I don't know if they'll be able to bring them both back. It'll be maybe yeah. one where they have to pick one or the other. Uh should be interesting. I'm hoping Levante David lands in Miami. That's <laughs> that's my uh, my favorite target for them in the offseason. Played a thousand snaps last year. Yeah. Good football player. Talking secondary now, Tom? Yeah, let's go uh, corner and then safety. Okay. 
quick look here as I pull things up in front of me. And this one is, uh, you know, it's interesting list. That it's, it's got some big names on it, uh, but some of the big names may be past where what past their prime. Yeah, past what you're what you think of when you hear their name. I mean, if you if you heard these top, you know, four out of these top five names a few years, years ago, ago. Yeah. you'd be like, oh my god. Yeah. But now you've got Patrick Peterson, AJ Boye, Richard Sherman, Josh Norman, DJ Hayden, Jason McCourty, Jason McCourty. Um, but the guys that are more interesting to me are going to be a little further down the list uh, at the cornerback position in particular. I always thought uh, Kevin Johnson, he had he had a, a little time in Buffalo, right, Tom? Yeah. Um, he yeah, could Kevin play a little John- nickel. Kevin Johnson was interesting. He number one. Uh, Houston, first round, first round, pick, round pick. Yeah, for Houston. for Houston. Didn't really catch on there. Came to Buffalo, had a, a really strong showing with some injuries, and then went to Cleveland. Um, Ronald Darby, another Bills tie-in. He's been solid. Uh, plays a little bit nickel corner. Plays a little bit um, as, as that second outside corner. He's only 27 still. Yeah. So, uh, Gary and Conley was a huge name coming out of Ohio State. Had the legal troubles and whatnot. Um, didn't end up sticking in in uh, with the Raiders and landed in Houston. Now he's a free agent. That's a guy with a ton of talent that's floating out there. Yeah. One thing that's interesting to do on this. Um, the way they have this set up is you can sort it by snaps. So you sort it by snaps, you immediately see who played a lot for their team, who's really involved. Um, but J.C. Jackson for New England That's was the biggest really, game, really yeah. good. He's I can't imagine them not bringing him back. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, the rumor mill will, will dabble here and there, uh, but they may be trying to trade Gilmore and keep yeah. keep Jackson in the fold. So yeah. get younger there. Stay younger. Vernon yeah. Hargraves. Uh, Houston secondary, not exactly something I want to be sampling from. I know. That's uh, a guy who had all kinds of potential coming out of college yeah. and had a few, you know, okay seasons. But um, Shaquille Griffin with Seattle uh, as a free agent. Jordan Lewis from Dallas. Um, yeah, there there are names here too. Levi Wallace. Um, you, he's a guy that you could have as a depth player. I just don't know if you want him out there all the time how what do you think tom uh, also he's if you play man-to-man he's not for you yeah um he's been a solid player for the bills but it's one of those things where he's been a solid player for the bills for the last few years and every year they're trying to upgrade yeah so you know they're happy with him when he plays they'd much rather him be their third corner than their second corner right uh, but he's solid he, he tackles well he you know does all the little things nicely yeah, it's crazy to see that J.C. Jackson is on this list. Mikel Roby Coleman, one of my faves. Yeah. My boy. The first one that we identified at training yeah. camp that day. Man, that was so easy. To <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's look at the safety position a little bit here and uh, see who's kind of out there. Um, the To me, far and away the best player available in the safety group is Justin Simmons from Denver. This guy is yeah. all over the field. He makes plays constantly. He's absolutely at the top of my – one of the top targets. Levante David, Justin Simmons, those are the guys that I want to see Miami pursue. As a Dolphins fan, anybody would be happy to have this dude as your free safety. Um, there are other plenty of other names on here as well. Um, when, when you take a look through it, Deron Harmon, Bradley McDougald, 
Uh, Daniel Sorensen just won, a, or well, played in the Super Bowl, won one the year before. Marcus May had yeah. a really good season for a really bad team with yeah. the Jets. I'm um, just looking at some of his stats 88 tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles, two interceptions. That's kind of what you want out of a free safety. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Help me everywhere. And that, again, that team was really bad. So it'll be interesting to see what he gets paid. Yeah. Get some money. Malik Hooker is 25 years old. This is a guy that can play football coming out. Number 15 overall pick out of Ohio State. Uh, I love Malik Hooker as well, and I think you can get him at a much better price tag than you can Justin Simmons. So um, that would be a nice backup fallback option for people um, if you strike out on the big on the big signing. Carl Joseph I thought was pretty good for Cleveland last year in like a blend role. Of yeah. Wasn't necessarily the starter, but he's available. He's only 28. Not bad. Yeah. Those are that's kind of the thing I look at when I'm looking at free agents now is who can you who can you bring in that isn't past their prime? You know, where can you get the guys that are 26, 27? You know, these guys that are 25 that had their fifth year option declined. You know, maybe the fit just wasn't right with the team that they were with. So, you know, to me, yeah. those are the kind of targets that you want to you want to do. They have the attributes you're looking for. Um, if so, then take a swing at these type of players. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of guys available. should be a lot of fun. Um, I know I'm excited next week to talk offensive free agents. Yeah. It's a little sexier. Um, talking about quarterbacks and wide receivers and running backs and the touchdown makers there's, of the world. There's a lot coming. So Yes. Uh, there's a lot going on in the quarterback world. And to be honest, I would expect more to shake out before we're even back here next week. Yeah. Um, just feels like there's always something on the cusp here in the NFL world these days. So no doubt a lot to happen between now and our kickoff of the season. Hey, should we talk about uh, the 17th game? Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's, I think it's uh, exciting. That it sounds like it's a done deal. Yeah. It's going like to be going to happen, you know, a crossover AFC teams, hosting NFC teams um, based on the division you played two years ago, yep. but the position they finished in last year. Yep. Um, which would give uh, Buffalo the Washington football team. Uh, I think Miami would play the Giants. Um, you know, so there's some – The I think, like, one of the best matchups was uh, Casey and Green Bay. I think we're going to play oh, each fun. other. Yeah. That's a fun one to, to throw in there just for yeah. the, the heck of it. It'll be really interesting. I know that they're saying it's going to alternate. Like, this year AFC will be home, next year NFC. So that'll be interesting to see how that works and – um, it sounds like we're going to go to two preseason games and a set, maybe a second bye week. Yeah. The extra game. So uh, I think both of those things are good. Absolutely. These guys an extra week of rest in there, get an extra regular season game. We may play a fun game as we get closer and all this is kind of buttoned up on what records we expect to be broken with an extra game. It might be fun to talk about. Right. It's going to happen. So um, last thing we've got is a uh, random bets the weekend any any yeah, picks that we've got, got any yeah yeah um you know i was just taking a look here I, i'm gonna put a little cash on my boy julius randall to win the skills competition at <laughs> plus 450 what's obi so, at for the dunk i'm in uh, on that plus 150 he's the second favorite um so you know that's that's worth you know throwing a, a couple shekels at um you know there are some fun things out there the, the all-star game itself You've got uh, All-Star Game MVP bets. Uh, I hit on that last year with, uh, or two years, uh, yeah, last year I think it was, Kawhi Leonard. Um, 
you know, this year you've got guys like Dame Lillard is a guy that just fires up triples, right? Uh, James Harden, plus 2,500. Plus 2,500 on James Harden, and as much as that guy scores, I'm going to play James Harden at plus 2,500 to win the All-Star MVP. Donovan Mitchell, plus 4,000. Yeah. He's dang good. Yep. So give me Harden, plus 2,500. And Julius Randle, plus 450 to win the skills competition. All right. I like it. How about plus 7,500 on Julius Randle to win the All-Star Game MVP? I'm not even sure he'll play enough. I know. It's that's, one of those that's, things. That's the deal. He won't. That's the rub with him in there. Yeah. He'll he'll get like, you know, 12 minutes in the game. He better yeah. take advantage of every one of them. <laughs> but at somebody like, uh, the reason I like James Harden is I think that he can torch it from downtown. They leave so many open threes. Um, there's a chance that he could he could just light up the scoreboard for 42, you know, in, in 17 minutes of play, playing time. All right. So next week. We'll have a recap of the Arnold Palmer UFC 259 preview, the NFL offensive free agents, and a preview of the Players Championship next weekend. So should be a lot of fun. Always and, fun to watch Sawgrass. And then the week after that, another big one. We start our rankings of college with tight ends and offensive tackles. Two weeks from tonight, it just happens to be St. Paddy's Day. We may or may not have something fun planned for that. Yeah. Stay, stay tuned. All right, guys. We'll catch you all next week.